Hey, good morning, Sanctus Church. My name is John, and this is Sam. And we'd like to welcome you to part three of this mini-series that we're doing about what's next for our church. Uh, we've been using lots of words together, uh, like so many other church leaders have been, uh, regrouping and rebuilding. And like I've shared for the last two weeks, we're all thinking the same stuff. What's going to be different? What's going to be paused? Uh, what will be new? So rebuilding, repurposing, repositioning, relaunching, lots of R words. And our church, like every other church in Durham, every other church in the GTA, every other church in the country and around the world is saying, what does church look like in this new sort of semi-post-pandemic world? Uh, week one, uh, we talked about where we should root our expectations and what Jesus is going to be up to, not just for the summer, but probably over the next ministry year or maybe a little bit longer. Uh, last week, we spent some significant time actually having the same conversation we have once or twice a year. Yeah. And the language hasn't changed. So what is our mission? What is our God-given promise? What is our cultural vision? Now today, uh, Sam and I want to sit with you as a community and talk about what's happening on the ground. So strategies, next steps, uh, what does regrouping feel like and look like? And we just want to say this right up front. We don't have all the answers. Yeah, yeah. And any leader who's saying they do probably isn't being honest. <laughs> so we just want to say our goal as two fellow Christians, as two leaders in our community, is A, to help us rebuild, and it's also to prepare us because we're working hard towards a full fall launch in this new sort of digital, uh, physical moment. So uh, before we get to the on-the-ground stuff, Sam, why don't you just talk about the last year? Yeah, thanks, John, for sharing um, you know the last two weeks and giving yep. us a clear vision of who we are and what we're called to do. And so... This past year has been very challenging, and yeah. we have navigated COVID and restrictions and variants and closures even of our rental facilities. And so as a church community, many of us have faced you know, economic struggles and health issues and work difficulties. And um, some of us have struggled financially, lost jobs, became sick, and even sadly, some have lost family members and friends yeah. um, this past season. So it's been very hard. And we as a staff also have experienced a lot of staff transitions. Um, we know every time a staff transitions, it's, it's painful because we right. miss their influence and their impact in our lives. And so uh, we miss them and we wish them uh, the best in, in all their journeys. And, but also we're also thankful for new staff that yeah. have joined and have made an impact on staff and in our community. And so we're thankful for that. Uh, with the challenges and with the transitions that we faced, we're actually going to take a posture of humility to you know, slow down, to pray, Yep. As you talk about reevaluate, right. uh, regroup, look <coughs> yep. at our objectives, look at our initiatives uh, with the purpose of rebuilding and regrouping. So we really want to take this posture to, to slow down and to reevaluate that God would help us in this next season. God is our great architect and he's our creator and he knows even our scars or wounds and every circumstance that you've gone through, especially throughout this year. And so what, when we see what is broken, God also sees what is beautiful. And so when we put our trust and hope in Jesus and piece by piece, he puts it back all together again into something more beautiful than we even had before, right. because God is the one who rebuilds. And I'm remi reminded of that verse from Psalm 147, verses two and three. I'd like to read that for us this morning. Um, the Lord is rebuilding Jerusalem and bringing the exiles back to Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. And so when we choose to open up our hearts and allow God to come in and to uh, restore us, he is faithful to do. As James says, draw nigh, unto, uh, draw nigh unto God and he will draw near to you. Right. And so let's not choose to hide, but rather run to the arms of Jesus. And he will take all the wreckage, all the mess, all the rubble, 
and in his grace and in his goodness, he will rebuild. So as we enter this post-pandemic uh, season, can I encourage you, will you allow God to rebuild you, mm-hmm. to rebuild your family, and help us together, serve together, to rebuild what God is doing here at Sanctus, the church, and our community? And so, John, can you share with us, because we want to look through rebuilding and regrouping through the lens of our discipleship dimensions and how integral that is to rebuilding in the season. So, yeah, just share with us what that looks like for us. Yeah, I think this is just a really important point that um, last week we spent a lot of time together uh, talking through uh, what we classically call guaranteed places of encounter. Uh, Those places where we get to be like Jesus, think like Jesus, and be covered in his dust. And some of you who are new might not know this, some of you who've been around for a while do know this, uh, but we rooted all our discipleship dimensions in those guaranteed places Mm -hmm. of encounter. And so like I shared last week, let me share it this week. The most significant thing we can do to rebuild Sanctus is making sure that we're participating in the discipleship dimensions that make us more like Jesus. And these are sort of like ground zero for rebuilding. So our first one is celebrate big. Mm -hmm. And this is where we talk about corporate worship. And so one of the big questions I'd like to ask every one of you this morning is this. Where are you primarily choosing to gather? This is a I think a really critical yep. question for our church right now. Remember, gathered worship is where we take communion together. We witness baptisms, where we're taught the scriptures, where we sing together, where we give together, where we serve. And so I think sometimes we forget even our presence in a gathered worship space is encouragement to other people. 100%, it's yeah. a really important thing. And so what I want to encourage you, what Sam wants to encourage you, what we want to encourage you to do is this. We need you to really think about, if you love Sanctus, you're committed to Sanctus, you're called to Sanctus, you need to let us know where your primary place of Celebrate Big is going to be. In other words, is it at Bowmanville? Is it at Ajax? Is it in Pickering? Is it in Port Perry? Or is it in Site 5, our digital expression? Um, We're okay where you choose to make that primary place, realizing, I'll use a digital thing, for example, that if you're at a cottage right now, some people are, (laughs) we love you sort of right now, but you're at a cottage, you're probably at our digital site, but that's probably not your primary place. Why do we need to know this? Because site pastors and volunteers Mm. can't care for you, shepherd you, get to know you if they don't know what site you're connected to. Mm. It's also where we give, where we serve. So as an example, Sam will talk about this later, like if you're saying, I'm all in, I'm on the digital site, site five, great. Then we're going to come to you and say, are you going to pray online? Are you going to lead an elf online? Are you going to run a connect group online? It's not just a couch moment. Mm -hmm. It's a community moment. So one of the first things we want to encourage you to do is where are you going to celebrate big? And I'll say it now. We're going to say it later. Uh, You're going to be receiving an email where we're going to ask you, please, again, update not only all your info, but where's your primary location so we can start knowing how to rebuild and where. Mm -hmm. Uh, The second thing, we talk about Connect Small here all the time, big and small. And uh, we believe in connecting small because Jesus did it. Uh, Jesus was with thousands. Mm And then Jesus had 12 people and he hung out with them. And why is connecting small important? It's where someone gets to know you, where you get to share joy and pain and boredom together. It's where you eat together. And we can do that again, which is amazing. (laughs) Uh, And it's the place where we work out what God's doing in our life. And actually, when a tough thing happens, they're there for us. Mm -hmm. And so we have three expressions of that here. We've got Alpha, where people get introduced to Jesus and faith. We watched an amazing video last week about that. And then we always have Freedom Session, Emotional Healing in Jesus' Name. And then we've got Connect Groups, where we unpack the sermon. Um, We want to encourage you, as you take the summer and prepare for the fall, to re-engage in Connecting Small. 
because we need to rebuild, but the way we rebuild is in personal relationships. And so uh, if you haven't done that over the pandemic, where are you going to do that? That's one of our questions. And if you have well done, how are you going to keep doing that? Uh, the third thing I just want to share with you is walk with Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we can provide serving opportunities and worship gatherings and connect groups and sermon stuff and, and global and local connections. But the one thing that we can't do is actually make you or you or myself sit with Jesus. And so we talked about this last week. There's all these guaranteed places of encounter. And if you really look at them, tons of them are connected to your personal walk with Jesus. Solitude, silence, right, as an example. That can be done in community, but personally, reading your Bible, praying. Remember, Jesus kept walking with the Father alone. And so if we want to be like Jesus, think like Jesus, act like Jesus, we have to share in his lifestyle. And so uh, we can't force this. And the other thing, we always talk about expectations. Look, every time you do devotions or you hang out with Jesus and read your Bible, it's not fire from heaven. Gabriel doesn't show up every single time. It's like going to the gym. It's just not like, and then you are that person. It's over the long period. And the scriptures are clear. And you actually shared the verse. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. Mm -hmm. So over uh, a week, a day, a week, a month, a year, as you spend time with Jesus, you'll be transformed. And so again, I'm just going to summarize and then pass it over to Sam. Where's your primary place of gathering? Mm -hmm. We really need to know. Uh, Would you consider connecting in a small way again, building out hospitality connections? And how's your walk with Jesus? That was a lot of last week's sermon, but we really want to encourage you. Now, we've got two more discipleship dimensions and uh, they're pretty critical as we rebuild. So Sam, why don't you speak into those? Yeah, the, the, the fourth one we have is sharing the work. And I'd like to just uh, quickly allude to the time uh, after 70 years of exile, uh, the people of Israel were coming back home and they were returning back to Jerusalem. And when they came back with a plan to rebuild the temple and also re-engage in covenant faithfulness with God, uh, when they came back, they saw the city was in ruins. Right. And so Ezra was leading the charge uh, to rebuild, but only a small group of people, around 50,000 compared to the larger number of people who were there, returned because their hearts were stirred by right. God's Spirit, to come to rebuild. And in chapter 3, we also notice the first thing that they built was not the temple, was not the walls, was an altar. And they started with prayer and with the acknowledgement of their reliance and dependence upon God. And so as we rebuild and share the work, I'd like to just encourage all of us to take a moment to, to pray and ask God and ask the Holy Spirit for a fresh wind of His Spirit to mm-hmm. come and empower us and equip us towards serving. Because unless the Holy Spirit gives us his gifts and empowers us and commissions us, we can't do anything. And so in this season, we're praying, as in the time of Ezra, that God would stir our hearts and stir all of us to engage in rebuilding what God is doing. And so I want to encourage you to serve and share the work. Some of you may know Robin, uh, Pastor Robin Jacoto, who recently experienced a miraculous recovery from brain surgery to remove a, a, a tumor the size of a grapefruit. Yeah. And so we're just so in awe of God's right. faithfulness and healing and protection over her life. And we're also thankful for uh, her ministry and role because she has a new role here at Sanctus, right. and, which is a connections pastor. Some of you may ask w- what that is. And so her role is involved with empowering and equipping people to share the work across all our sites at Sanctus. And so she's coming alongside our site pastors and ministry leaders uh, to help build a framework of serving here at Sanctus. And she's actually using a, a framework of three kind of words. One is attracting, engaging, and retaining. And so attracting is how do we draw people 
into service? How do we draw people to share the work in commission into what God has for us here? The second is engaging. How do we onboard? How do we train and develop people who have an indication of serving, an interest of serving? And so this is where we want to create a central onboarding approach. It's something new here at Sanctus that yep. we want to create the central onboarding approach that Pastor Robin will lead and oversee with her team and then hand it off into a more localized training into the sites and their specific roles. And hopefully this will reduce time for people to engage in serving yep. and also reduce and increase efficiency for our staff and ministry leaders because that takes up a lot of time. And so here at Sanctus, we want to we emphasize um, the, and utilize spiritual gifts. That is key and integral to how we do ministry here. Along with spiritual gifts, we also want to start incorporating, as you've shared uh, for the last few years, cultural intelligence right. and how we can best serve the diversity in our community here in Sanctus, but also in the society around us and right. how we can engage well. And then the third thing is retaining. How do we appreciate? How do we honor? How do we retain volunteers for the long run? Because sometimes we, right. we serve for a short season and, and we're done. But how do we best appreciate and keep people growing as fully devoted followers of Jesus? And so I'd just like a question to ask you to consider serving. And for some of us uh, you know, who've persevered through the last few years of the pandemic, serving, coming in or online and, and just serving, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks. Thank you. Uh, without you, we wouldn't been able to manage these past few years. Others, uh, rightfully so, have taken a break. Some have had other health and other uh, complications. Uh, would you consider rejoining in this season? You know, just coming back and, and maybe in a ministry that you used to serve in, or maybe you'd like to try something new. Would you consider, uh, you know, rejoining in some form of ministry? And for those who are new to Sanctus, you're new and you haven't started to serve. Can I encourage you to join in and share the work? Because ultimately, what is our purpose? Is to lead people to know Jesus, to become fully devoted followers. Yeah. And so when we serve, regardless of the ministry, whether it's on stage or behind the scenes, whether it's public or private, we all play a part in leading people and revealing Jesus to the world. I'm always reminded of this verse from 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58. It says, therefore, my brothers and sisters, stand firm. Mm -hmm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. And so I want to encourage you, whatever you do, it's not in vain. God is going to use everything you do for his kingdom to ultimately lead people to know Jesus. So I just want to take that moment and encourage. And finally, our fifth dimension is engaging in mission. And this is how we can grow in our outreach to our local, global community and also our giving. And so, you know, um, just one of the ways in which we reach out to communities through Alpha. Right. And we're so thankful for Alpha and the impact of Alpha here in our community. And uh, just came back a few weeks ago from a trip to London. Yes, you did. And uh, we were the part of a group of about 150 pastors from England, I mean, Australia, Canada, America. And then we were here talking about what the future of the church would look like. And we were able to visit churches like HTB, St. Aldous, St. Church there. And we were, saw some powerful ways of which God was moving in these churches and how they were you know, using Alpha, but also how they were reaching through missional initiatives to their local communities. And so um, one of the primary methods here is Alpha. This year, we really want to utilize Alpha even more to facilitate conversations with uh, the community about faith in Jesus and also allow encounters with the Holy Spirit. Right. We also want to be creative in how we approach our community. Uh, you know, in a few weeks, we're going to be having various summer camps. Right. We have uh, some sports camps and creative camps. This is actually a very exciting opportunity that we can have faith-based camps that will allow our kids to have fun, but also to 
experience and know Jesus. We have people from the community coming and joining these camps. And so we're praying that God would help us to find creative ways, new ways inspired by his spirit to reach this post-Christian culture that you often share and how difficult it is to communicate. And so just think about how you can serve on mission personally, as a family, and as a community to, you know, where we, wherever you're worshiping in our sites right. and even where you work and, and the people around you. The other aspect of engaging mission is giving. So I'd like to just, um, you know, share um, regarding our finances. Yep. You know, this coming year, we're going to take a very conservative approach to our budget. We're going to keep it the same at 3.25 million, um, you know, understanding the economy that we're yeah. in today and with inflation and, and the fears of what tomorrow will, will hold. But we're also grateful for your generosity this past year. You have been so good and so faithful that we've been able to maintain and function and serve um, what God has for us. However, we will fall short of our, our budgeted revenue. We'll probably fall short close to about $300,000, $350,000. And I know it's been a difficult year through the pandemic. And uh, like we mentioned, we're facing inflation and economic challenges. Uh, we've been fortunate uh, to be careful with our spending yeah. and to be mindful of how we spend and to maintain and to be careful. And so uh, on a positive note, we are remaining in a cash positive position. Yes. And so we're, we're, we're strong in that. And so we're hopeful that that will continue. But with that said, I would like to take a moment to share with you about financial giving. Uh, why, you may ask? Well, Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be. And so your finances and your heart, posture, and position are tied. Right. And uh, Paul talks about this in 1 Corinthians 16, verses 1 to 2, on the subject of giving. And he talks about the aspect of giving. And he says, now about the collection for God's people. Do what I've told the Galatian churches to do. On the first day of every week, each one of you should lay aside a sum of money in keeping with his income, saving it up so that when I come, no collections have to be made. So it's very clear teaching in the New Testament by Paul about giving. And so I'd like to highlight three words. The first is priority on the first day of the week. And God wants us to give to him. Right. Give first to God, um, save second, and then live on the rest. That's a principle that I've lived, I've been taught by, and has been very helpful. And so just think about where is God in our giving? Where is God in our priorities? Second is to be personal, each one of you. So that means all of us should be participating in giving. Together, yeah. Very often it's the 20-80 rule. Mm-hmm. A small portion of people give. And so we just want to encourage all of us that each one of us to be involved in our generous generosity. And the third is proportional. He said, lay aside a sum of money in keeping with his income. So Christian giving is very clear. It should be regular, personal, and proportional. Proportional meaning that the more God blesses you, the more you can give. Right. And so if you have more, you can give more. If we have less, it's understandable, and we give of what we have. And so I want to encourage you, one of them, one of the aspects of percentage you know, the Bible talks about the tithe, which is 10%. Right. For some of us, that's not a problem. For others, it's a challenge. So I want to encourage you, choose a percentage, continue to give at that, and ask God to inspire you, to challenge you, to increase that percentage, increase our giving, because God loves someone who cheerfully gives. and joyfully gives. Yeah. And I'll leave you with this promise regarding giving that comforts me and encourages me in Hebrews 6, verse 10. God is not unjust, and he will not forget your work and the love you've shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. And that encourages me because we know that whatever you do, when we're serving, giving of our time, our talents, treasures, when we give even financially to God, God does not forget. Right. And he will bless in how he blesses and how he chooses. Mm-hmm. And he will certainly not forget 
our work of faith, and our labor of love. So what a beautiful promise. What a comforting hope that he will never forget. So as we head in the summer months, I want to encourage some of us who, you know, we're going off on vacation, as you mentioned, enjoying our cottages. Uh, I'd like to encourage you to think about setting up reoccurring giving. You, you know, you can do this through our giving platform, uh, PushPay. You can set it up through your local financial institution. You can even start giving through our e-transfer at offerings at sanctuschurch.com. And so if you haven't set up reoccurring giving, please consider that because as the summer goes, we're going to have a lot of fun and enjoy. Uh, let's not forget honoring God in, in our financial giving. And so we just want you to find encouragement in this entire discipleship dimension, particularly in sharing the work and engaging in mission. Yeah. So John, how does this play out? All these five aspects of discipleship dimensions in this rebuilding in this season. Yeah, it's uh, again, just to say this, uh, we're not sharing anything new Yeah, because actually these are the things that are non-negotiable, no matter if things are great, yeah. difficult, boring, or anything else. And so to rebuild, we need to start here. But as Sam has just said, um, as we're moving forward, we've been wrestling with so much. Mm -hmm. Money, volunteers, digital versus physical, mental health, fatigue. And, and so one of the questions we've wrestled down is, what do we do with our multi-site philosophy yeah. as we're moving forward? And one of the things that came across so clearly to us mm. is during the pandemic, it revealed the more permanence you have at a site, yeah. the healthier it is. And so that was really helpful. And so for the last two years, many people wouldn't know this, uh, in the middle of all the shutdowns and chaos and everything else, we've been working very diligently actually trying to find permanent sites for every single one of our current portable locations and our future mm -hmm. ones. And um, I think people would be shocked how many conversations we've had about yeah. at how many places. Um, but at least today, we can give at least one update in, in part why don't you talk to us about our Bowmanville site, Yeah, Sam? no, thanks, John. Uh, yeah, as many of you know, we've recently had a, a, a pastoral transition in Bowmanville. We are grateful and thankful for Pastor Nathan and his family for his impact uh, in the community, and we wish him well in all of his future endeavors. Yep. And so we are, um, you know, praying for a future site pastor for Bowmanville, so we ask you to pray alongside the community there for uh, the future pastor. But we're also currently in the process of finalizing a lease agreement with the facility in Bowmanville, a uh, facility that is actually an answer to prayer that we've been praying for for the last five years. And so please continue to pray that God will work out all the details towards this end, because we know, as you said, uh, a permanent facility is so essential and so helpful for stability and for growth for a site. And so um, one of the things um, that we're so excited for is the future prospect of that, that facility. So yeah, just continue to pray in this season for it. Also, we talked about last year mm -hmm. uh, about starting a school, uh, right. launching a ministry school. Right. And so some of us are very excited of it. Some of us actually have questions sure. and have some concerns. And so we want to take a moment to clarify. And so, John, can you just share a little bit about what the School of Ministry is about and, and how it impacts us as Sanctus? Sure. So um, uh, across the country, if you're talking to church leaders, like probably every industry, too, it's really hard to find people who are able to work, ready to work. But more than that, we've been noticing for almost a decade a trend uh, down away from mm -hmm. becoming pastors yeah. or leaders. And so actually finding uh, people who are willing to stay in ministry long term is becoming harder and harder. And so in plan two, we said, hey, how can we start uh, changing the trajectory yeah. of that? And we always planned about launching a school. So last year, Sam and I, when you had mm -hmm. just joined, we announced that we're gonna launch it. And um, we want to clarify what the school is and what it's not. Yeah. So number one, uh, we're not building a school anywhere no. physically. Uh, we are not hiring a bunch of professors. 
uh, and we're not literally building a school as some of you thought. So mm. we just want to clarify this again. We've entered into this amazing partnership with a seminary in Vancouver yeah. uh, called Northwest Baptist Seminary. And um, what they did years ago is they invented this amazing program where basically the whole seminary is online. Mm -hmm. You take all the courses online and you're in a cohort. The cool thing is the cohort actually does the studies virtually together and then joins a church staff for a period of two years and is integrated on the ground day one, learning how to do ministry, yeah. finding out their gifts. And so the, um, the burden of teaching and all the academic stuff and the administration is all run by that seminary. And the students apply to the seminary, pay the seminary, and then they join us and they get two years experience. So by the end of it, a student will get an accredited mm -hmm. master's degree uh, and also of two years of on the ground experience. And the cool thing we get to do at Sanctus is we also get to influence them talking about gifts and disciplines and convergence yeah. in, our, in our deliverance stuff. We're able to bring that unique flavor. And so there are a few up, uh, uh, startup costs, but mm -hmm. very few. And actually, the, the mass amount of costs are connected to the seminary, not to us. Mm -hmm. And why we're really excited is, A, it allows us to begin to change the trajectory that yeah. we're seeing in our country. It allows people to have two years of experience, learn how to preach or do children's ministry or prayer ministry or fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. It allows uh, more people to volunteer, yeah. connect here, and lead here. And then they might stay here. Yeah. Or they might go and they actually might serve in another church. And so we're very excited about this because it provides what we need. It allows us to speak into a younger generation, mm -hmm. to raise up the next generation of leaders. The burden really is not heavy here. We get to do the mentorship side right. of it. Uh, and then we get to move forward. And so I hope that's clarifying yeah. and exciting. We want you to pray because we have had people already starting to talk and apply. And those conversations have begun. But just so we're clear. Uh, you're not going to see Sanctus Ministry School building somewhere in Durham uh, at all. It's going to be a totally, you could put it like this. I jokingly said to Sam earlier, this is sort of like an internship program on yeah. steroids. And it's, it's going to be really yeah. profound in the long term. So we're, we're thankful uh, totally uh, for that. Yeah. And also, if you want more information uh, on our website, we actually talk more with more details towards it. And yeah, um, yeah and if you are interested, uh, sign up and we'd like to follow up with you. Yeah. Know, Another thing we talked about was Markham Stouffville. Mm -hmm. And uh, during the pandemic, we had uh, had some meetings. You want to clarify what's happening there, what that means, what that doesn't mean? Yeah, no, thank you. Um, you know, one of our goals is to have a site in, in Markham Stouffville. In the fall of last year, we were graciously given the use of a, a church there in Unionville Main Street. And so we decided to um, start gathering people through video mm -hmm. venue, kind of like video worship and teaching. Uh, it wasn't a launch of a site. Yeah. Uh, it was more of like a house site uh, plus kind of a, a yep. thing, just trying to build connection, trying to build, see, you know, how can we start something there in, for the long-term future? So it's not an official launch. Uh, we were preparing and building connections to mention, but unfortunately the Omicron variant kind of sidetracked and slowed us down yeah. and paused everything. So, totally. but it was actually good. We learned uh, a few key lessons from it, some of which I'd like to share. First of all, a site is not primarily built on a Sunday. It's, it happens during the week. Right. And so that led us to realize that we actually need to find a site pastor first to help build those connections and help pastor the people even prior to launching the site. And so uh, we also realized that a permanent facility is also vital, as with the, the shutdowns and lockdowns, you know, rental facilities became a, a lot more challenging. And so we're hearing from you, the Markham Stouffville community, for those watching uh, mm -hmm. us today online. Uh, we know your desire for a site there and we're praying, but we can't guarantee a timeline. No. You know, as we mentioned, we're taking a posture of, of um, you know, slowing down to evaluate, reevaluate 
uh, and making sure that uh, we have the right resources and the people in place and the criteria are met before launching. Uh, we're praying for that end. Yeah. And as we serve and give and as God brings people uh, back into what God has for us here at Sanctus, uh, the future is very hopeful and, and bright. But we also want to take a patient but a hopeful posture in this season. Um, actually, many places are calling us. Actually, this past week, Pastor John and I received a text and a picture of a dedicated group of people in Toronto who are faithfully meeting weekly, yep. praying, listening, and asked us, when are we coming to Toronto And uh, for that site? And again, no guarantees, no timelines. Uh, we're in prayer that God would lead and open the right doors for that. And so uh, to those watching from different places who are wondering when Sanctus will come, we don't know, no. but we trust God will lead and guide in the right time. We ask you to pray and ask you to serve uh, towards these ends. So as we uh, kind of wrap up our, our talk today, John, what are we going to do? What, what should we do in this season? Yeah, so uh, one thing I just want to mention, um, I really appreciate that you used the example out of Ezra. Mm. And uh, interestingly enough, we're going to do a series out of Ezra yeah. later in the year. Um, uh, the co-leader to Ezra is a guy named Nehemiah. Mm. And um, if you know the story of Nehemiah, there's two things that I think maybe as we prepare to end, I want to just highlight. Uh, number one, uh, and you've asked for this three times so far. Uh, in chapter one, Nehemiah... Uh, praise, big mm. prayers. Mm. He also has really wild, small prayers. Oh, God, help me prayers, uh, which we've prayed many times, and maybe you've prayed them too. But I just want to read um, one little section out of Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 5. And he said, Lord, the God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of, of love with those who love him and keep his commandments, let your ear be attentive and your eyes be open to hear the prayers that your servant is praying before you day and night for your servants, the people of Israel. Mm. So um, first thing, before we get to on the ground, what to do next, um, and Pastor Sam, you've invited it. I want to say it again. We need to pray prayers like that. Mm. God, we need your, uh, your ears to be attentive, and we need you to act on our yeah. behalf. And Ezra came back to rebuild, and so did Nehemiah. And I love uh, his little summary in Nehemiah 2. He quietly looks at uh, Jerusalem's destruction, and then he meets with a group of leaders, and he says this in Nehemiah 2.17. You see the trouble we're all in. Jerusalem lies in ruins, its gates have been burned with fire, so come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and we'll no longer be in disgrace. Uh, I also told them about the gracious hand of God on me and what the king said to me. And then they said back to Nehemiah, uh, let us start rebuilding. So they began, I love this phrase, the good work. Mm -hmm. um, I, by the way, I don't think, Sam doesn't think, the elders don't think, I don't think our church thinks everything's burned. I don't think we're in disgrace. <laughs> Not everything is destroyed. But I really appreciate how Nehemiah was honest about where they were, mm. uh, took a very hard look at the reality and said, yeah, we need to, oh God, help us and let's begin this good work. And so I think uh, what you're hearing today is this is the beginning of this new good work mm. moment. And so a few things to think about uh, as we get going. Number one, it's really important again that you tell us where you're yeah. going to primarily uh, gather to worship. And like we said, an email is going to be sent out to you. And there's another place, too, you were saying, Sam, if they don't get an email. Yep. Uh, at the, near the bottom of the footer of our uh, website, you can sign up there. If you're not getting our emails right. at all, and you've, maybe you're new, please go there, because that's how you can stay connected and updated about what's happening. Right. And so just you got to let us update your profile. Let us know you're here. And then help us help, us help shepherd you by knowing where you're at. That'd be great. Number two, uh, we would really like you to take some time to evaluate personally where you are with the discipleship dimensions and what you're going to do with them. 
I know some of you are, who have been in this church for a while were probably expecting five or six major announcements today. But actually, in this moment, in this season of rebuilding, this is the most important conversation. And so I just want to say again, would you take some time? Uh, also, I, I love how you just mentioned the thing from Toronto. If you know a person, you're like, wow, I think they'd make a great staff member. Let us know. Uh, you might be saying, well, I know there's a facility in da-da-da. Well, we don't know that. And so if you know of a place or a person, and people did this. Last week, yeah. someone reached out and said, I think there's this place. We are totally always open and looking. Would you let us know? Um, the giving thing and serving mm -hmm. thing, we need you to give, mm -hmm. <laughs> and we need you to serve. Um, because as we try to regroup and rebuild our current sites and look to the future um, and sort of doing that in tandem, the giving and serving thing is just critical. Mm -hmm. And so I want to encourage you, whether you do it digitally or physically, we need you to give and serve, and we need to rally together. And um, I, maybe just so you catch it, our real goal is in the fall, uh, we're going to walk hopefully strong into this new post-pandemic world mm -hmm. and begin to just rebuild day in, day out, week in, week out, and see what God does in Durham, in the GTA, and then, of course, around the world. Sam? Yeah, and so I want to thank you, John, for sharing. And uh, just as we kind of conclude, what should we do during the summer? Um, pray, mm -hmm. as we've heard. Pray for us. Pray yep. for John and I. Please. You know, we, we need your prayers yes. for wisdom and guidance. Uh, pray for our elders. Pray for our staff. Yeah. Um, pray for our key volunteers and all of you who serve here at Sanctus. And pray for us as a church. Yeah. We need to pray. Yeah. And we trust and rely on... God's Spirit to guide, to empower, yeah. to keep us. So, so thank you and join us in prayer. Um, as John just mentioned, like serve. Really think about where can I uh, serve and join in rebuilding what God is doing here, where you can serve in your community, where you can serve at your workplace, where you can serve at your school. Think about where you can engage in serving and in mission. Also, invite to the table. We're going to be starting yeah. a new summer sermon series about the table, how in the summer we want you to uh, build community, connect with people, call right. people, have barbecues, have people over for, for lunches and dinners, and start to connect to build community in this season. So take the summer to do that. And finally, as John mentioned, please, again, update your profile. You'll be getting an email yeah. uh, with that. Uh, you mentioned something I'd just like to, to share. You know, sure. Although we've been seeing in this rebuilding, there's much to rejoice, as we mentioned. Oh, yeah. And uh, you would have either already received or will be receiving our annual report. Yeah. And it shares the story of this past year of what God has done, even in the midst of ups and downs and with COVID and restrictions, well, all well, what we, God has done. We read it. Yeah. And we were like, oh, this is really encouraging. Yeah. I, I mean, we needed it as much as anyone else. 100%. And when you read it, um, it's just an honest picture of what God did. And it's really encouraging. I, I came out really thankful no, I to did see too. the faithfulness of I God. I did too. It, 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 exactly. It, it revealed God's faithfulness. It revealed your investment, your heart for what God is doing here. So please go and take a look at it. Yeah. It, it shares all the different ministries, yeah. numbers, finances, everything's in there. Uh, really take a look and take a moment to rejoice that even with what we're seeing around the world and the challenges what yeah. we see in our society, God is faithful. God is on the throne. Yeah. He's with us. He's for us. He's with you and he's for you. So yeah, thanks for, thanks for joining us. Why don't we week. just end Sam by praying yes, for this moment. So, um, you know, Lord, thanks for all the people that make up Sanctus. Uh, thanks for all the people who love mm -hmm. this place are committed 
and this is the place they serve you. So we pray a few things. Number one, uh, God, may your eyes and ears be attentive to the prayers of your people here. And would you pour out your Holy Spirit and would you help us do this good work? So we, we pray that there would be a re-engagement en masse in the discipleship dimensions. We, we do pray boldly for finances, for volunteerism, for serving. Uh, we do pray, God, for facilities and staff and people and volunteers. And we ultimately pray that many people would cross a line of, line of faith. Even this summer, as we do this whole series where Jesus sits with people over meals and the gospel is given every Sunday, would people cross the line of faith and become followers of Jesus? Guard the unity of this church, uh, empower us by your spirit, uh, lead us into all truth, and we look forward to what you're going to do next. And uh, like Sam said, oh God, give us wisdom as we have to navigate waters we've never faced before. Yeah, we just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, amen. Thanks for being with us and look forward to seeing you again. Thank you. God bless.